Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for hanging out with us today. We are thrilled that you're here to watch another episode of Todd Versations. Whether you're listening in your car, you're at the gym, you're hiding from your boss, it doesn't matter to me. I just appreciate the fact that you're listening. We got a great pair of folks hanging out with us today, talking about a very important subject, one that I'm finding more and more dear to my heart and one I want to elevate more. This is a mom and daughter dynamic duo, if I could at least say a minimum of that, over 30 years out here in the industry making a difference, making positive changes, driving a conversation that needs to happen more and more. They're empowering change. They're empowering change for people and they're empowering change for this planet. I love it. Please welcome the queens of bananas from Organics Unlimited. Please welcome Myra and Daniela. Ladies, welcome to Todd Versations. I am thrilled that you are here. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Excited Todd. to be here. Yes. Thank you. Well, you say that now. Let's see what happens at the end. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> I've screwed up. I've screwed up plenty of things quick. Trust me. But, I, you know, I, I, I'm so thrilled that you guys are hanging out with me today and, and we connected and we started talking about, you know, this topic and the importance of what this topic is. And I don't think necessarily people realize the banana industry um, like you all do and what I've learned um, in my tenure and especially in the last 12 months kind of digging deeper into this whole thing. But I wanted to share a few things before we got going. And, and believe me, I got a thousand questions for you like I always do. So I hope you're prepared. I hope the coffee's hot and I hope you're ready to go because I, I am. I'm, I'm fired up like a spider monkey in Mountain Dew today. We're ready <laughs> to go. Good. We, in, in, the, in, the, in the world today, there's more than 100 billion bananas are eaten every year in this world. 100 billion. I can't even think about what that is. More than 96% of Americans households buy bananas at least once a month. Um, 96% of Americans, uh, oh, excuse me, 51% of bananas are eaten for breakfast, which I thought was a cool statistic, which is great because they do so much good things, especially people that are, you know, they, they lift you up out of depression, they fire up your day. There's a lot of things. There's amazing stuff that bananas can do. But one of the things that fascinated me, and I want to get into this, and I bet you guys didn't know this, there is more songs that have been written about bananas than any other fruit out there today. How about that? That's definitely new. Yeah, See? I didn't know that one. <laughs> so there you go. I'm, I'm, I, I am literally, I, I put the tea in trivia pursuit. I'm telling you right now. But what, what I, I wanted to start off with that because I love, you know, I love what you guys are all about. We're going to get deep into the weeds about who you guys are and the longevity and why you are and the work that's been done. Um, but I think it's really important that people stop for a minute and realize how important this fruit is on a global scale. To the, Ameri to, to the world diet. I mean, it is everywhere. It's amazing to me when you start to think about 100 billion. I don't even think we can conceive of 100 billion. It's pretty crazy to me when I, when I think about that stat. So you guys have been around, you know, Myra, I shouldn't say you guys, that's not fair. Myra, you've been around doing this for a while. I mean, I, 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 remember, I remember when I didn't have gray hair and I, you know, I, I wasn't quite as so cynical in the world back in the early days, you know, in Los Angeles for me, when you guys were getting going and where the ball was rolling, you were kind of the first out there kicking claws and banging on doors and making this thing happen for this sector. And now 2.0 sitting right here next to you, the next generation who's kicking doors real hard and making a big wave. And I love it. So I want to talk and just get ourselves set up a little bit and just tell everybody, if you wouldn't mind, Mario, I'm going to start with you with this question. Just tell us a little bit about your journey to sitting here today, sitting here today, wasting time with me. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I'm, I'm uh, Myra Velasquez de Leon. I'm the founder mm -hmm. and um, I'm the founder and CEO of Organics Unlimited. 
Um, but the story didn't start with Organics Unlimited. I have to go back to when my dad started uh, marketing organic bananas back in 1974. Wow. So you have a story behind our bananas. And mm -hmm. it all started with my dad. He was a pioneer, first one to, to again, to market organic bananas in the U.S. Uh, right now, we're marketing organic bananas in the U.S., uh, Canada, and Japan. Uh, cool. But that, that's how far back we go. It all started with, you know, packing bananas in wooden crates, as you probably remember, Todd. Yeah. Uh, with all the scratches, didn't bananas didn't look nice, etc. Uh, and we've come a long way. We've made quite a bit of changes um and we'll get into what's expected of a banana nowadays even though it, when it's sure. though it's organic but uh that's that's how back uh, how far back we go and uh, right now we're in our fourth generation of organic uh, or banana growers third generation of organic banana growers unbelievable and that's so that is to hear the word third generation and organic farmer at the same time is not something you hear very often any longer. And I hope to God we get to hear it in the future, but the way things are going, that's a dying conversation. It's extremely sad. That's extremely proud. So I didn't realize, I didn't, I, I realized you've been around, but when you put it in generational terms, fourth generation growing, third generation organic, that's pretty cool. Yes. Yes, definitely. And now I'm going to let Danny introduce herself. Yes, absolutely. I was going to hit her up next. So good. Thank you for the intro. Um, I'm Daniela. I'm Myra, the sequel. So um, 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. Um, so I joined the company a few years ago. I originally started in, in digital marketing, did that for seven years. And my mom would always have me join her at trade shows. And eventually I just got hooked because I loved the passion that I would see in within the industry. And you know, from there, I was like, I'd rather be worrying about getting food to people's tables than what I was worrying about then, which was ads. Um, and so I, I joined. Now I'm the general manager. I wear many hats. So, um, yeah, I do a little bit of everything now, but I'm very proud of of our history and how far For we've sure. come and the deep roots that we have in the organic industry. I love it. I absolutely love it. Myra, does she have more keys now to the building than you do? I mean, let's be honest. You're done. Yeah. I, do. yeah, I don't I love have it. a key. Can you believe that? I do not have a I key. Don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bowing down to you right now saying, way to go, girl. Way to go. <laughs> but, but, you know, and I think it's such a great, if I may, Daniel, you know, you come from this, a different background. You, you know, you came out of school, you started into a whole different part of the world, getting your eyes exposed to another side of business and then coming back. And you're right. It is about the passion inside. We live in a category in the organic sector that is really based on morals and values. People make decisions about this that touch their heart, whether it's about their own personal health, whether it's about the planet's health, their family health, whatever it might be. But we have this opportunity to have conversations unlike anybody else. And that's why I'm super excited about having you guys here today. I'm going to throw this out and either one of you can just run with it. I don't really care. You guys can fight for it. I don't, but what is, you know, give everybody the 411. What is Organics Unlimited? This episode of Toddversations is brought to you by Dohai Marketing and Branding. Let us be your growth hive. Learn more at dohai.io. It's a, it's a banana with a history behind. Yeah, cool. Um, something that people don't know. It's a sustainable yeah. banana 
with a social responsible label, which makes it a full circle sustainable, uh, sustainable uh, label. Yeah. And, and of course, there's a lot more to it and we could develop into it. Uh, but I, I'll let Danny. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're fully vert vertically integrated, right? So mm -hmm. growers first, um, we're, and we're wholesalers. So we've got the full um, vertical integration. Um, we're family owned, minority, female run, um, importer of organic bananas. Um, so right. that, that's what the business is. Um, but yeah, I would say that, that what we're pr really proud of is that we see the full journey all the way from the growers because we're growers too, right? So we're able sure. to speak firsthand to what growers are experiencing. Um, so we're not just telling a story or trying to sell a story. We're really living it firsthand. Um, right. And then we're also able to bring it all the way here to the States where we're also a marketer of organic bananas. And we're able to have a platform like this one with you, Todd, where we're able to talk about, you know, organic bananas, the issues facing the industry, et cetera. Yeah, yeah I, think, well. I think we're we're one of the few that are uh, growers, importers, and marketers at the same time. Plus right. we also work with a lot of uh, small growers, uh, both in Mexico and Ecuador. So uh, that, that's a big difference. Uh, you know, if, if we compare ourselves to other um, other companies. Sure. Well, you, look, you've got this deep history in the organic movement. There's no two ways about it. And and I and and I'm going to get into that a little bit deeper, I think. But I, I think you just touched on it. I'd like to know kind of where do you guys grow? If you wouldn't mind framing that up for everybody so they have the understanding of, you know, because because nobody's growing. In my understanding, I don't think there's anybody growing bananas in any kind of way in the States any longer. There used to be some folks that used to do it in California along the coast, this and that, but everything now is, is no longer here, correct? Yeah, that, that was kind of for the tourists. And mm -hmm. when it was the only place they could grow bananas, of course, Hawaii, but uh, you know, Hawaii's right. more pineapples than anything, any other thing. Uh, our growing areas or our main growing area is Mexico. That's where mm -hmm. we're from. That's where our organic, our banana organic movement started. Uh, but we decided to diversify. Uh, and the reason for that is because we get hit by hurricanes or, uh, you know, storms, uh, sure. low season on, on banana growing, um, et cetera. So we decided to diversify. And so we are also growing bananas in Ecuador. Right, uh, cool. And the reason for that is we only have two uh, points of origin. The reason for that is we want to make sure that we know how the bananas react. We right. We can't ripen a, a, a Mexican banana along with a, a Ecuadorian banana because they don't ripen the same way. You know, one of them takes uh, three weeks to get here from Ecuador. Our Mexican banana takes uh, four days from harvest. They're very fresh. So we, we can't treat them the same way. The same. Sure. Well, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. So that's I love it. we have two different uh, points of origin. Uh, right. And we'd like to keep it that way for, for a while. Uh, we might, you know, we've been uh, approached by other people from uh, different countries. Uh, they like our program. They like how we, you know, that we are pioneers in this area. So uh, maybe in the near future, we will look into a different origin. But for now, it's Mexico and Ecuador. Ecuador, I love it. Well, and I love the fact that you're looking at this thing, you know, A, protecting your customers, right? Making sure that you've got supply, making sure that you're moving and, you know, I think that's 
fantastic. I mean, you've got to do that to keep your business going. You've got to do that to protect your shelf space. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have a deep history in this organic movement and, um, you know, which, which I think is just great. Um, and, and I look at it, it's extremely, you know, when I look back at your tenure and what you guys have done, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a great trajectory, but with that comes, I think values. And I think that you learn values in this business as you progress. And I think because you believe, because it is, as I said earlier, kind of a morals and values uh, driven category, values make a really big part of your business. And I want to talk about that a little bit because you, you don't survive doing what you're doing. You don't create grow, which we'll get into and some of these great things that you've done without having it touch you some way inside, right? Otherwise, I mean, it's, you've got to be fed too, right? And I believe that, you know, your values are what, what's feeding you. So talk with me a little bit about, you know, the values of the company and then, you know, kind of how do you live with them? Sure. So, I mean, our values in a nutshell are, you know, respect, um, sustainability, commitment, and passion. And I think we could go into those individually, but they all come together as a whole in that, you know, we have, we have a commitment and we have respect for our customers, our growers, our workers, our environment. And that plays into the sustainability, right? You know, we want a full cycle where we want to leave the world better than how we got it. And that means, again, treating our world with respect, making the right decisions that, you know, aren't fully just focused on ourselves or focused on making money. We want to make sure that we're doing things with integrity and that we are leaving our communities better. And I think all of that boils down to passion, which I think is uh, Myra's number one value. Uh, yeah. when, we, when we sat down a few years back to go through the, you know, our values again and be like, okay, are we living by this? Um, passion was probably the key one. It's, and it's something I've grown up seeing my mom live by everything she does. She does with passion. You know, there's a fire in the way she does things. And that's the way we do business. And that's the way we, we, you know, fight for what we believe is right, fight for, you know, healthy soil, the organic movement, and what that means, the organic movement is not just a marketing scheme to to get more sales, it's about its impact on the growers yeah. and our health, too. So I would say that that's it in a nutshell. Um, it comes down to respecting our communities, respecting our environment and doing it passionately. You got to love that. I mean, mom, you're sitting back there right now. You got to be a little proud in that very moment. Cause that was a hell of a good statement. right there. I, I, I had to, I had to turn a little bit cause I, I almost cried. <laughs> I love, but, but you know, I mean, what a great kid saying that of you. It's like, Oh my gosh, I, I must've done something right. A hundred percent. But you know, what a great lesson, what a great lesson for, young emerging brands that, you know, and, and I love them, right? I love ag tech. I love ag emerging brands. I'm, I'm, I'm behind all them because I want to see, you know, where, where we take the world, right? But what a great life lesson for an emerging brand to hear about passion and respect and those things that a lot of times don't necessarily become part of the business vernacular, doesn't become a part of their marching orders every day. That's something that, you know, the, 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 the scars, the wounds, the scabs, the, 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 every situation that you've gone through, Myra, has led you to the point 
where your daughter's sitting there saying what she's saying because you've laid that path down for her and for your business. It's extremely commendable and it's very respectable. And I think it's just absolutely fantastic. Thank you for sharing. That was killer. <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, it's not been an easy road. And, and Danny, Hell no. Danny knows that, it, yeah. you know, we're no. living in a, in a, in a male, uh, male driven uh, industry. And here we are, you know, I was, I was 13 when I started kind of going in, into the industry and, yeah. and we're still here. And I think we see a lot more women in the, in the industry. I, I talk about this all the time. You know, in, when I got in this business, got into this space back in the 80s, there was very, very few uh, women that were involved in any capacity. And I mean, you can, you know, you can, especially in the organic sector, you, um, Tonya Antle is another. Um, God, who else? Frida Kaplan was one that started, you know, making some organic special Karen as well. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of people that were involved. There weren't a lot of women involved. And to see the transformation and, you know, how it's changed, especially you guys being a woman-owned, woman-owned company, it's fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad to see we're finally, you know, waking up to the fact that, hey, we're all the same, right? We're just a little different. You know, we need to keep going down that path. So let me ask this question because you guys have been doing this a long time and I know the passions in your heart. And as you eloquently just said, why is organic important to your family? I mean, why, why go through, why go through the hassle? I mean, seriously, I mean, and it's a fair question when you, when you think about it like that, it's a hassle. You said it's not an easy road, but it becomes something again, that's inside you. So why is it important to your family? Maya, I'm going to throw this to you, Maya. You're going to throw it to me. Yeah, I'm going to throw it to you. I, I think we, I grew with, with this, I grew with the, the organic movement, my dad starting um, in this movement, and I just grew with it. I learned how, how it started. I learned how it developed into what it is today. Um, and, and I do believe there's a, a misconception of labels when we, when we talk about organic. I mean, we could, people might see a fair trade label or a, a social responsible label of any kind or uh, organic and they, they really don't know what they what it is we could have a fair trade label that that's uh, conventional yeah. and, and, and people might think it's organic so uh, when we you know when when you're telling me why is this important it's like I, I feel like we have to educate consumers on what uh, the organic uh, word is what does yeah. it mean What's behind organic? What does it do to our environment, to our health, to uh, the people that grow our product, etc.? Um, I think it's become a, a lot more important after we started the GROW program because we have uh, the social responsibility behind us. And I, that's made it so much more important uh, because we see all these people that are growing our bananas, um, getting a little bit of... of, of you know, they're, they're kind of sharing what we're getting for those bananas. So, right. um, so when you ask me what, why is it important? I think it's a great movement. And I think we should keep uh, working on this movement because it is not a marketing scheme to us. We are here for the long run. Uh, and, uh, you know, this, uh, I, my motto is be or um, dare to be different. Yeah. You want you want a real organic banana, you know. Don't don't go to the multinationals. Go to the to the core of the of the organic movement. And right. I'm not saying go our label. There's a lot more labels out there. I mean, feel free to choose uh, and pick from from all those labels that are doing the right thing. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's that's the reason why it's so important to to me. It, it's it's Daniel, so much behind it. 
Yeah, I mean, just to jump off of what Myra's saying, it, it runs deep in my blood, right? I mean, I grew up with it. I remember right. going to the warehouse when I was little and um, back then it was allowed. Right now with our food safety and everything, I wouldn't be allowed, but I'd climb up on all the boxes and just like growing up, I was like organic, It's it just is. There is no... Right conventional or organic so obviously it runs really deep in my blood like Myra was talking about she grew up with it from when she was a young teenager and as she was saying it's about the movement in in my mind the organic movement at its roots which is where we began because my my grandpa brought organic fruit before the organic certification even existed correct and the organic movement is an altruistic one. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so for me, that's why organic is important because it's about leaving your world better. You're leaving the world healthier and better for future generations. Beautiful. I love this family. I don't, I, I'm, already, I'm already digging this entire conversation. I'm loving this family more and more as we keep going down the trail. <laughs> but you know, Myra, you said something important and I want to jump on it as well. We live in a world where greenwashing is becoming just norm. You can't discern the difference between what is and what isn't greenwashing anymore. And claims about this, claims about that. Yes, the, you know, you can have a non-GMO tag on anything, right? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter in a lot of ways. And to your point about some of the other things that are out there, it does make uh, consumers, I think, at some point have a moment of pause and a moment of, you know, what am I doing? Because I do want to vote with my dollars. I do want to make sure my money's doing the right thing. I do want to empower the next generation of farmer um, and uplift communities if I can, if I can use my dollars to make a difference um, like that. I think it's really important. But you're right. The word organic is something that has been tried and true. It stood the test of time, you know, and I think that, that what I find interesting about that is that it's an integrity based business. So if you were in this business for as long as you all have been in this business, your level of integrity is unbelievable because you live in that world every day of integrity. You have to. I mean, it's, integrity is what this industry has. You jeopardize that. You know, I say all the time, the one thing a person truly owns is their integrity, right? You jeopardize that. It's impossible to get back. You jeopardize it with your business model. It's impossible to get back. And so I love the fact that it's connected so deeply because if you're telling me that it's inside you, like you just did, Danny. That's a part of your DNA. It's a part of your makeup, but it's also part of your internal integrity. And if your internal integrity is strong, your external integrity is going to be flawless, in my opinion. It's just how it works. So very cool. Very cool. One of the things that, that I find interesting when I get into conversations with, with growers and I get into conversations about commodities is that in the organic space, flavor has a tendency to be different and sometimes better. And, you know, um, even overall crop quality over time through this process of being organic and growing is better. Whether you're adding, you know, whether you're working the soil and you're talking about carbon, you're doing all these other things, but bananas is one of those things, in my opinion, that does truly, I think, have a flavor profile advantage being organically grown. Um, I don't know if I could say that about every single commodity. Um, in some ways, I, I, I can name some off really quickly that I think can make a difference. I think meat, milk, some of the others, I mean, are definitely have a flavor difference. But bananas is one of them, in my opinion, that does as well. What have you guys noticed over your tenure, ten, tenure, tenure about flavor changes and, and, and really crop quality changes and, and better, whether not necessarily yield, because that's all varying with Mother Nature, that's kind of up and down, but you're seeing, I think, a longevity of this many years of, of a difference in quality. 
Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Either yes. one of you. Um, I'd say we've come a long way. You know, again, uh, going back to in the day um, when the bananas used to come in crates and 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 it didn't look they didn't look nice at all. Uh, right. We have all the specs specifications on what uh, market expects uh, of a banana box, and sometimes right. really it, it's really hard because we don't manufacture bananas. You know, they're they're. You know, they're grown naturally, of course. We, we help right. them taste, and there's organic fertilizers, organic uh, uh, pesticides, etc. We have a, a wide range of those nowadays, which we didn't back in the day. Nope. Um, but when it comes to flavor, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Not a lot of people do that. And we see that especially in Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. when, we, when we go to Japan, it's like it's all about the flavor. And yeah. that's the place where we taste the most bananas. The most labels you, you wouldn't believe it it's like we have all these labels of bananas and we have to taste them and it's all about the bricks the sugar content on in the banana and when you see it that way it does taste different um, an organic banana is a lot more flavorful mm -hmm. uh, sweeter and there's you know it depends on the origin too if you taste sure. a banana uh, if you have a banana from Mexico or from Ecuador or Peru, they taste different. Uh, the, the ones from the Philippines, from uh, Spain, they all taste a little bit different. And maybe it's yeah. because we know our bananas. I don't know yeah. why it is. But uh, it is interesting that Jap Japanese really look in, into the flavor. They want flavorful bananas. And, and again, we don't manufacture them. But we grow them in such a way that I think it brings up the flavor. And I think that's yeah. interesting, an interesting comparison, too, because we do sell in the States, Canada and Japan. Um, right. But there's a real difference in what we see customers ask about um, in the States, especially with the entrance of multinationals. It's all about the specs. You know, how long is it? How thick is it? What color is it? How many fingers per bunch? Um, and in Japan, like Myra said, we go to the business meetings and they bring out all of these bananas and they're asking you to taste it and they continue buying our bananas because they're the ones that taste the best. Tastes so that's good. Always, yeah. That's always nice to hear. Yeah. It's, 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 it's more about the flavor and the States is more about the looks. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. And, and right. And, and that's, that's unfortunate that we've got away from, we we've gotten away from, well, we've been away from common sense in a lot of aspects when it comes to our food. I'll, you know, bottom line, and I, I'll be the first to preach that and stand on that mountain. You know, I talk about all the time, the positive cost of food, investing in our food is always, in my opinion, a positive cost of doing anything. I mean, I don't know why we cut corners on food. It makes no sense to me. Uh, it'd be like, into my mind, it's like, why don't we just cut corners on the sunshine? We'll just tell them not to shine for a day. I mean, it's just, to me, it's, it, it's literally that's that silly of a statement. When we look at stuff, so I love it, and I'm I'm glad that we got to touch on the flavor part of it because I do think it's important to, to point out that you know um, there is a difference, and it's and it's a worthy difference that we should look at. Yeah. You talked a little bit about your diversity, and I wanted to kind of touch back on that a touch. Um, you talked about your different growing regions and kind of the whys of all that. Um, and your model is unique in what you do because um, you kind of, you know, because you're in Mexico and you've got that short time, you can almost harvest in some ways to order. Um, you know, you're not having to do things like a lot of folks are, you know, the way the business is actually run. Let me put it that way. So because of that, my assumption is that you probably have some reduction in food waste 
you know, that you're able to, to, to manage in, in a certain way, you're, you know, which is a positive thing. Um, but what made you guys kind of decide, you know, when you look at that diversity, what made you kind of decide to have that almost to harvest type of a model or that kind of control? Was I mean, I, I'm assuming that was a conscientious choice. And, and can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that that at one point we decided that works better for us. We're so close to our growing uh, region. And I think that that's a, a, a that's one of the most important things for our bananas. Uh, besides, besides the lowest carbon footprint uh, coming from our neighbor uh, sure. country, we can also uh, harvest to, to order. And that's exactly what we do. So when you get a banana from Organics Unlimited or a Grow Banana, they are the freshest bananas, four days from harvest. And it's worked for us because again, we don't have food waste. Our food waste is number two bananas, which every day is less than, than it used to be. We try yeah. to uh, protect the bananas in so many ways that down at the farms that are, uh, our food waste is really not much. And, and, and even though we have some food waste that goes to national market or we give it away to certain uh, communities, et cetera. So we really don't have that much food waste, especially yeah. up in the States I, or, 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 you know, where, where we deliver our bananas. There is none sure. whatsoever, unless right. being, you know, um, out of our control happens like a, a container got too hot or too full or whatever, but we usually don't have those those things happening. Yeah, and I, I mean, so we're so close to the to to the border um, and to our farms. We pride ourselves in being the freshest banana, so why not harvest to order, right? If we can yeah. do it instead of having a container of bananas in storage, which you can have bananas in storage for a while. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you look at the transit time for most banana producing countries, it's two to three weeks. Um, so if we can do it, why not harvest to order? They get here in three to four days. And the turnaround time here in our warehouse is just a couple of days. So there's That's a good amazing. chance that when you're buying a banana at the retail store, it's maybe a week from harvest. So, That's amazing. So why not, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think food waste is is a big one. For me personally, um, we touched on it a little bit with the specifications. Yes, it, it helps that we've come a long way in the organic movement. Um, yeah. our, our practices are, we've been fine tuning everything for years, right? But at the end of the day, I think there's always going to be food waste. And that's something that we as consumers um, need to drive. You know, I, I could come in as a company and say, hey, you should be open to maybe buying a banana that's got like a couple of scratches because it's still just as good. And it's just that there was some wind that day and it just rubbed against the other banana, but it's perfectly good. And it's very different when I go into a store as a consumer and I say, you know what, I understand that this product comes from nature and that there's going to be a windy season. Sure. And there's going to be a cold season. And when it's cold, you know, the bananas might ripen, not as bright, but they're still just as delicious. Absolutely. Um, and I think that really helps with the, the aspect of food waste. Um, and I think you're seeing other companies work on that too now, right? Like Imperfect Produce is one of them. And, and I know there's mm -hmm. different companies that are, are looking at that aspect now. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, the thing is that every year food waste is less because we have, you know, best practices um, and the 
food that is not eligible for export is um, rerouted to the national market since sure. they're a lot more open to those kinds of um, maybe aesthetic well, things. Sure. Um, but yeah, that the whole food waste thing is is a big one for me. And, and, and don't, oh, oh. don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean that we don't have some inventory because, you know, sure. especially during the first uh, uh, few months of the year, there's not enough bananas and people kind of, you know, that we, we get uh, extra uh, orders coming in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We can also well, react very quickly. You know, we have a few uh, loads here, but we react so quickly that we, we can order the bananas and they'll, we'll truck them up here. And that's really helpful right now with all the logistics that we have going on yeah. all over the world. We just truck our bananas within a few days. They're here. So that's I, I mean, us. yeah, what a great improvement to your program. And what a great thing to go back to, you know, as a point of differentiation as a retailer, it's like, you know, I talk to retailers that carry your product and I've had, you know, prior to this, I've done a little, do, you know, I've done some snooping and asked some questions to prepare <laughs> and, and as you would expect, but you know, it's, it's something that they say that they believe that they're having an improved program because of how nimble you guys are. And, and let's face it, you guys can chuck and jive better than anybody in this category when it comes to putting supply into the marketplace. So I think it's really, really cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit again, you know, you have this deep history in the organic movement and um, either one of you can run with this and, and hopefully both of you will comment on the question. But talk to me a little bit about the partnerships with your customers um, and about how it's, you know, always about how you're, you know, you're working together and the longevity of that. Can you can you touch on that a bit? Because you don't you don't do what you do as long as you do it without having a relationship driven sales mentality that is not always about the POs. It's about the people and it's about the mission and it's about the values and it's about the win for everybody. Um, so can you touch a little bit about your partnerships and what they mean to you and, and kind of that driving force behind it? Sure. Uh, and I think this, this goes back to, again, the mission of the organic movement. Um, my grandpa started off as a person of color coming to the States and he was supported by a few key partners and we still work with those distributors to this day. Wow. And they are partners who are values driven like we are. And I think all of this speaks to the power of what we can do when we work together. And when we focus on the power of the community to, to do what's right. Um, this, isn't, this isn't just based on you know, the getting getting the lowest price, which is what we've heard a lot of the times, you know, when we've gone out to pitch our product, we've heard from from buyers, I'm looking for the lowest price, just going to be honest with you. And that's not that's not our business model. Our business model is, yes, we're going to get you the most competitive price, but it's going to be a fair price. It's going to be a sustainable price. It's a price that's going to um, provide for the people who are growing your food. And that's only possible with long-term partnerships with distributors and independent retailers who are willing to go deeper than making sure that your banana isn't over 60 cents a pound, you know? Yeah. Um, they, they're looking out for the impact that they're having on the community, which is what the original movement was all about. Right, right. Yeah, people I, claim that uh, that banana should be um, available for everybody, and I think they are. I mean, it's the cheapest fruit available. Yeah, so they are. I mean, 
just paying. Well, it's too cheap. It's too cheap. Yeah. I Wait. said it. It's too cheap. Yeah. So even going up on price, it'll still be the cheapest one available. So it is there for everybody. It just needs to be a sustainable uh, fruit. Right. We, you know, I 100% agree. Especially now well, that everybody wants all kinds of certifications. It's it, it's adding a cost to that banana. So it's absolutely it's impossible to sell it at the same price or below price when you're asking for all these certifications plus growing right. organic plus being social responsible. It's, it's too much. Yeah. Well, no, again, it, it, well, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's about that, that passion in your family, right? It's, it's about frightening away because it's, it's, it's become bigger. It's beyond organic at this point. It's bigger than organic. Right. I and mean, that's what your family's talked about. And, you know, Hey, the average, you know, the average American eats 27 pounds of banana per year. So let's be honest. It's a lot of bananas. Um, I'm going to get the gloves off. Here we go. You guys ready? I know you're going to get on board you're with ready. me. I get going for this. But here's my next question. And I, you know, let's talk about the challenges in the banana industry today. You know, I, I was in the retail sector. You know, back in the days when you know draft horses were on the 405 freeway and you didn't have electricity. Now maybe not quite that long ago. But you know, look, when I was retailing in my markets, uh, and shout out to uh, you know, I, I was at a, a pretty good sized natural food store when I was cutting my teeth coming up way back in the eighties. And, you know, I competed against all the big box guys and the way that I won the battle, at least trying to get people into my stores is I kept bananas every single day. And I believe if my memory serves me correct, I had them every day on the shelf at like 39 cents. I think it was, maybe it was 29 cents. I think it might've been 29 cents a pound every day, no matter what I paid, because I knew if I brought them in with bananas, I could sell them all the rest of the stuff they weren't going to go buy from the big box guys. So, you know, that's the way I kind of played it. But if you take a look at the pricing of bananas today, to and Myron, I'll let you go with this because I can't go back that far in my brain. But I can't imagine. But I can't <laughs> imagine that. You, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm leaning on you. But I can't imagine that the price that you're getting today for a box of bananas is much different than the price you were getting for a box of banana ten years ago. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Again, it's. it's I know. It's not, uh, and and I think that has to do with the multinationals coming into the organic industry. Uh, they wanted to, sh uh, to share that. Uh, pie of the market and it's it's just going down on price you know yeah. even nowadays they're still going down on price with everything going on you know fertilizers have gone up uh 70 percent wood cardboard you know all packaging all materials logistics transportation you name it and, yeah. and so it's it's unbelievable that they want to go down on price well, I mean, look, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, how many times has the word cartel been used when they talk about the banana industry, right? How many times have we talked about the fact, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm, you know, hey, I'm not breaking any news. You here. said it, not us. Yeah, you said yeah, it. I don't care. <laughs> well, I don't care. But it, it's to your point, it's, it's we're, we're, we, we get so caught up in this, in this driving costs out of our food system and don't recognize the value that there is in understanding our food system and that, as your, you know, as everything on the outside of your business, to your point, packaging, you know, if, if the price of oil goes up, plastic goes up, carbon, all these things rise, and we don't address these issues, we just have this mentality of I've got to be the cheapest guy out there, or nobody's going to shop at my stores anymore. And I just think it's bullshit. I think it's such a poor mentality when it comes to our food because it makes no sense. We're driving, we're we're making junk food affordable and we're not putting the energy into something like a banana if you go if you google the banana facts the things that a banana can do from making your teeth whiter to taking the itch out of mosquito bite to all the other things these things are available to do we just don't lean into it hard enough and so that's why i want to have this conversation i want to be honest about it 
you know, and I don't have a problem. I'll get the hate mail. I get hate mail for shit I say all the time. I don't care. I'll answer it too. But the bottom line issue is, is that you cannot make a difference in the planet like you're trying to do and have a noose around your neck every time you take a step forward because somebody believes that cheap is the narrative of the day and it doesn't work. And that's why I was so passionate about getting you guys on here for this exact question and this exact subject, because I think it has to be shouted from the highest mountain for people to stop and pause. And so I know these challenges you're facing are hard. And I know that, you know, for me, when I think about what your challenges are, there are many. And again, I, you know, you're in a different spot. I can say it. Sometimes you can't, right? And I respect that. But you're facing these every day. Are you feeling like the world is, is, is just stuck in this mode? Do you feel like you're getting any traction out there by having these deeper, you know, conversations with, and again, I go, and not necessarily so much about your long-term partners because they get how the game is played. They've been playing it the entire time. They, rec they respect it and they understand what it takes to get who you are. And I haven't even gotten into the growth thing yet. I'm going to that next, so don't worry. But, you know, do you feel like you're, you're seeing a change out there in the general terms of the retail sector, wholesale sector, whatever it is, are we just going to stay stuck in this thing of, you know, whoever, whoever can survive making a penny the longest wins the race? Because I think that just sucks. I, I think that's the way it's going. I think it's price driven. Uh, hopefully, again, we have some really good partners. But it's, you know, if we don't do something about this, it's just going to get to that. Because it's happened in so many other uh, fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Uh, and, and even even when we're shouting it out to other people, it's like we need people to listen and to yeah. do something about this. And something we hear from our customers or our retailers is that we need to go out and share this message so that 100%. people know the true cost of bananas. And I mean, I thank you for giving us this platform to get that that message out, because a lot of the times it's hard for us. Right. Because we you know, we're not direct to consumer exactly. You know, we there we have the retailer between us. Um, but it is important to share the true cost of producing a banana. And I'm extremely passionate about this and I can talk about it for hours. Um, but if you want a truly sustainable, truly organic banana, you need to be willing to pay for it because otherwise the reality is that you won't have that option anymore in a few years. Right. And I'm right. very grateful that, it, because it's not just us, right? Um, sure, like I'm I'm here to market my own brand, but the, the Absolutely. matter is that thankfully there's a few other banana companies out there that are pushing for a similar mission who want <laughs> to give back to the people who are growing our food. Because if you, I mean, just look at what happened at the beginning of the pandemic. The, look at our food system. Yeah. That risk. What are you going to do if all of your food supply is concentrated? You yeah. know, you we were talking about you know food workers being frontline heroes, and yet you go to the grocery store and you're not willing to pay a fair price for your banana. Your banana is cheaper somehow than the local apples you're buying. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And if we want a a uh, resilient food system, we need to be willing to pay a price and to have a diversified source, you know, not consolidate yeah. all of our supply, like what happened with the meat processors where, you know, one meat processor goes down and then we don't have any meat on the shelves. Right. You know, if we want a resilient food system, we need to be willing 
to pay a fair price, um, to have fair working practices with our, our workers and to honor the people who are growing our food um, so that we can you know, continue to have a sustainable food system. Absolutely. 100% agree. And I mean, I love this conversation because we've got to continue to have it. It's unfortunate. Let me rephrase it. It's unfortunate we have to continue to have this conversation. But until we finally win the day, I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm not going to stop rattling these cages because we need to do it. We need to elevate food in this country. We do. We are not going to sustain life on a 79 cent box of crap. It ain't going to happen, kids. Wake up, smell the roses, get on board and start to recognize and put some energy and investment in your food. It's no different than putting, you know, look, we, we put energy, we put energy into medical, we put energy, we get a cold, we go buy cold medicine, we, you know, I mean, we put energy into things when it's important every day you eat every day and we put little energy into it. Look at, you know, how many cars are going through the drive through 30 or 40? Are they putting energy into the food? No, they're just eating. Right. And I think it's just super important that we have this moment in these conversations that make us stop and pause and reflect. So I say all that, and I thank you for for let I thank you for letting me get on my pulpit on that. I'll take the heat for this one. Come on, bring it, people. But you know, one of the things that you guys do is you have your grow program, and I and I, and I want to lean into that right now on you know based on the fact we've kind of set this up with this this topic about you know the challenges that are with this industry. And your grow program is giving resources and opportunities to workers, and it is a classic example of. When your heart is on your sleeve, you believe in what you want to do, you recognize where this industry is going and that these folks that are out there putting food on people's table are not living, uh, able to, to opt, actually afford a decent life or, you know, are struggling. If you look at Peru, look at some of these countries, agriculture is a poverty business. Um, but you guys have said, hey, time out. This is going to be a part of our program. This is a line in the sand moment for this company. This is something that we believe in. Again, it goes back to that passion, that morals and that values that you're wearing and you believe in. And so you created this GROW program. So either one of you, tell us, everybody, just kind of what is GROW and tell me a little bit about why it matters. This episode of Toddversations is brought to you by Dohai Marketing and Branding. Let us be your growth hive. Learn more at dohai.io. You just mentioned it. GROW is, stands for giving resources and opportunities to workers. And we wouldn't be fully sustainable without being socially responsible. Uh, we needed to take care of all those who produce yeah. our fruit. Not only in Mexico, because we're Mexicans, but in Ecuador, wherever we source bananas from. So we make sure that we looked into what the needs for those people are. We don't want to give them the money for you to do whatever you want. We want to make sure that we take care of their needs. And what we've seen and, and what we're doing is uh, focusing on education. So we have mm -hmm. 85 kids with scholarships right now. Uh, we do um, dental clinics, vision clinics, um, clean water in Ecuador, um, early childhood development, uh, micro businesses for teenagers, et cetera. Um, so we, we, we've been focusing on, on those needs. And, uh, and we're, you know, we, when we talk about all these programs, it, we're not just doing it for, you know, for marketing purposes. We invite you to come down. You want to sure. do, you want to know what you're doing with those 60 cents because it, that's it. We're not, we, we're not adding $2 or any of that. It's 60 cents per box. And that goes a long way. Absolutely. Um, we don't, we don't charge administration fees. It's a nonprofit organization. So it goes completely to the fund and we do so many things with it. Um, so when, when, 
we, you know, we invite our, the retailers, we invite uh, distributors, we invite people who want to come down to the farms, take a look at what, how a banana is grown, what goes behind growing a banana, and then go check out what's being done with those uh, dollars that you, that you pay for with the, for the grow fund. So mm -hmm. I think, I mean, that's in a nutshell, that's what grow does. And, and uh, I'm very proud of, of, of the kids that have scholarships and have become doctors and, and engineers and accountants, you name it. So it's, it, it's, it's interesting how uh, a few pennies go a long way. Well, yeah. I think it's really, go ahead. You were saying, Todd, I mean, uh, the growing regions tend to be poor regions and the GROW program is going on 17 years now, I think. Um, so when my parents saw what was going on, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it, the reason it started in a way was because um, workers were bringing their kids to the farms with them. And so my parents were looking for, uh, you know, a place where they could, what do you call that when people need to take care of? Uh, like a, like a daycare. A, a daycare. daycare. <laughs> a daycare, yeah. <laughs> She doesn't have kids, as you can tell. <laughs> which, 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 by the way, Myra and I are getting close to getting into. Trust me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally a week away from my own personal daycare. <laughs> but well, so you understand why it's so important, right? You need to have a daycare, and the options were pretty grim, and right. so they decided to start exploring and seeing. Okay, what kind of options do we have? And that was kind of the birth, the birthmark of, of the GROW program. And it's grown into so much more. And what I always share with people is that it's aiming to break the cycle of poverty. Um, kids who grow up in the region are often encouraged by their parents to go to work as soon as they can. You know, they're right. discouraged from going to even secondary school or high school or uh, college. And the GROW program offers these kids the chance to graduate with degrees. Um, and most of the time they come back and they become doctors or accountants and right. give back to the community that they're in. Um, so that's part of the program. Yeah. You know, if you're, Absolutely. If, you're if you have a scholarship from GROW, you're, you're expected to give back. It, mm -hmm. It's part of a pro and people do it with, you know, with such joy that you would absolutely believe. yeah so well, look I, I, you've got you're looking out for your people and and the fact of the matter is like we talked earlier you're creating solutions and i think we you know we could sit back and we can we can poke you know poke holes in a whole lot of things on this planet and i always come back to okay well what is the solution what's the problem what's you know what is the problem we want to solve and what's the solution? And you're creating a solution you're you're doing exactly what we touched on earlier which is bringing back people to the farm you're creating an environment that is allowing the next generation to either move off the farm and become a doctor back in the community to give back to the community that sustains the agricultural lifestyle or somebody that wants to be you know that, that goes to school that comes back that is now your foreman or somebody that's you know your pca or whatever the case might be which has happened we had um yeah. one of the the well, the, the engineers, but they're essentially the leader of the farm was one of the growth scholars that eventually came back and right. leading our farm. So yeah. right to the, through the next generation and using, you know, advanced learning and technology, what it might be. Yeah. I mean, and to me, program has, the growth program has developed into other things. Don't get me wrong. Oh, for sure. I, we're always looking I had at a couple. 
what else is needed? So, yeah. uh, I mean, we're at the border between Mexico and the United States. So we thought, you know, we, we need to make sure that we do something at the border. So we're working right. with the Environmental Health Coalition to in, in several aspects of, of the of the you know of the border. Uh, you know and what are you doing with them? Can you give me a little details about what they are? The Environmental Health so, Coalition. I mean, we we want to have a positive impact on our communities, right? So at the end of the day, we do bring in some bananas on um, shipping containers. And the reality is that there's a lot of issues um, associated with that. And we want to be part of the solution, not just sure. part of the problem. Um, a lot of the neighborhoods that surround the, the port. port here in San Diego um, are poorer neighborhoods, um, neighborhoods of color. And the Environmental Health Coalition does a very good job of fighting for their rights for environmental justice and making sure that um, the rules and the laws that we abide by and that the containers and trucks that are driving in that area are respecting the neighborhoods because there's a much higher rate of um, lung disease and you know other, other health conditions related to pollution. So we wanna make sure that we're having a positive effect um, on our communities, whether that be- at the port or at the border region, because most of our loads are coming through the border. So again, the Environmental Health Coalition is focused on how pollution is affecting our, our border region um, efforts for keeping the, the river that crosses through from Tijuana to San Diego, keeping it clean. Um, so they, they do a lot of great stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. Tell me a little bit too about your milk program. Cause I, when I researched and did a little dive and I saw this, I thought this was really, really cool. So I'm not to put you on the spot, but tell me a little bit about your milk program. Yeah, you sure. Um, so the makeshift program, uh, the government provides fortified milk. So the grow program buys this milk and is able to deliver it to families and sells it at a discount. So it's part of the way that the growth scholars also give back through community work of helping deliver this um, high nutrition item, which is important for families that might not have the nutrition they need. And this is this is a real problem because we also work on um, nutrition rehabilitation programs, and you realize that that is is a significant issue. I mean, if you look at Mexico, I know I think um, we surpassed the United States recently as the country with the most, the highest obesity problem. So wow. nutrition is a big issue and the milk program is a way that we're able to um, help the community through this high nutrition item at a discount and bringing in that whole community service aspect with our scholars. I love it. One more, one more that I wanted to ask about, and you touched on it earlier. What, talk a little bit about your micro business program and what that's doing for people. Cause I think this is great. And, you know, and before you answer the question, let's, let me backtrack really quick. As we started talking about, you know, the struggles in the industry and the challenges, you all are doing this because it's the right thing to do. Right. I mean, it's just the right thing to do. If every business would embrace the mentality that you had, even if they embrace 1% of the mentality you had would make a bigger change in this planet. So when I think about the struggles and what we've talked about in pricing, and I hear what you guys are doing with these programs, it touches me every time we get into these conversations because it's a challenge. It's not easy to do. 
but you're allowing people to vote with their dollars. You're allowing people to be a part of something bigger to make such positive changes in this planet. And, and they utilize their food to do it. So I had to get that off my chest and I didn't mean to frame up. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't set you up. Now I'm going to get you the micro business question back. But I, I just, to me, it's just to, to be in the fight that you're in and to go forth like you're doing and to make these changes that are so positive in the world um, in, in a business model that, you know, in a lot of ways kind of sucks for what it is because of just the way that it's been created. It's just, it blows me out of the water. It just, again, reinforces why I wanted so badly to have you guys come on this platform. But talk to me about the micro-business loans. I think, or the micro-business program, because I think it's just super, super cool what you're doing for young people. Sure. And before before we jump into that, because everything you said, again, very passionate about this, could talk about this for hours, but um, it's, it's something I'm really proud of, right? Because um, sure, grow might not be as recognized as some of the much larger certification sure. teams, but I'm very proud of what we do because it's very straightforward and it's fully mm -hmm. transparent. Mm -hmm. Our fund is administered by the International Community Foundation. So that's a third party. So it's not like we are managing all of that money. You can go directly to the ICF and ask, hey, what, where are those funds going? And they will give you a printout of everything that has been done with those dollars. The only thing that retailers pay for is 60 cents for every box. That goes directly to the fund. You want, like Myra said, you wanna see what's happening with that money? You are welcome to come to the programs. Um, we have volunteer weeks with um, like Spanish immersion weeks where you'll get paired up with the growth scholars and see firsthand what is happening in our farms and what is happening at the grow, at the grow program. And this is, this is super important because I encourage every single person who's listening to this podcast to just Google the history of bananas. Yeah. Just Google it. Listen to, listen to or read about the history of bananas. And there is some scary stuff out there. And if you yeah. think it's changed, the reality is that it has not changed very much at all. So I think as a banana company, I'm very proud to be able to say that we do things differently and that we're transparent enough that you can see what is being done when you, when you vote with your dollars. Yeah. It makes, it makes our bananas very competitive. We don't, it's not a huge surplus. No. And we do so much with it. So absolutely. Yeah, and, and lately we've been focusing on the um, on the um, fund, uh, the disaster relief fund, oh, which we okay. didn't have before. So we're looking into other things that sure. we need to put those uh, uh, dollars into. Uh, we've had several uh, very strong storms lately. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. The pandemic, we really used those dollars for all those people that were in need. So you know we kind of look into the needs of, of, of the growers and their families. And nowadays they're. Yeah. And, and circling back to your original question. <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to forget about it. Um, do you want to take it or me? Um, we can do a combined one, but okay, I, cool. I can tell you. Both, you talk, both of you talk at the same time. Go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see that uh, in uh, mostly in Latin America, you see a lot of uh, kids and teenagers out in the streets, uh, mm -hmm. juggling balls or, you know, doing all sorts of things just to get a few pennies. Sure. Uh, what we've done with those, with some of those kids is um, ask them to come and be part of the GROW program. 
Um, and and I, I think Danny's going to say this is one of my favorite ones, and it is my favorite one. Uh, my uh, story when it comes to to uh, micro businesses for teenagers. But there was this kid dressed as a clown, juggling balls whenever the the the, the um, car stopped. And he developed a business plan. Of course, the, the, the program helps them uh, sure. develop it, tell them exactly what to do. Uh, because there's some people that are very smart, that really know what they want in life. They just don't have the tools. They don't have the money, etc. So um, this kid, when he was 13 or 14, developed this plan for his, you know, his business plan. And now he has a very su successful um, business, parties for kids, and uh, he employs other kids. Wow. So I think that's awesome. He's no longer in the streets, but he has a business of his own. And he's, I think it's 18 or 19. And, you know, it, I think it's one of the successful stories that we have. Yeah, and then just, that, that she always tells that story. That's definitely her favorite story. <laughs> Um, and then just, I think that for the next generation, I've, I've gotten to meet and talk to some of the new recipients of the micro business loans. And I think that's a very unique example, but also, um, you know, we have scholars who have graduated and have business ideas, but again, may not have the resources to see that to fruition. Um, right. I was specifically talking to Dulce, who graduated in graphic design. Um, she was a single mom, moved back to Colima, and she wanted to open a, a graphic design, like a printing shop. And through the business, micro business program, she was able to purchase a printer. And now she has a successful uh, storefront for her graphic design business. So, you know, very different, um, very different examples, but I think it shows you the wide array of what what can be done. What it's with about, yeah, yeah, and what you right. What, what can be done? What can be done if you believe in something enough to see it through, mm -hmm. right? And and to put your morals and values on your shirt sleeve, put them out in front of everybody, and stand behind something, right? And and just stop. You know, really honestly, just don't go sell food, right? <laughs> there's more to it, right? I mean, seriously, there's just more to it, right? And I think we have that responsibility to recognize. I got another question I want to throw at you, and and it's kind of a two-part question. I don't know. I'll figure out how to ask it, I guess. But I'll start with you, Danny, first. What's GROW taught you personally? What has GROW taught me? GROW has taught me that you can have an impact on your world. I think before really participating in the program, because the, the program's been around since before I joined the business, right? Right. But before really participating in it and reading all of the letters that the scholars send our way and telling us about how it's, you know, how it's changing their lives, how it's doing, how they're doing in school. I think I was, I don't know what the right word is, like a little cynical, maybe. And I was like, what, what can I do as one person that's going to make mm -hmm. a difference in the world? And seeing the letters that we get or knowing that um, our grant was able to help 19,000 kids in Ecuador get the appropriate medical support or that one child in Colima was able to get a hearing aid and hear his mom's voice um, for the first time. You know, these are little things that maybe for some it's not 
changing the world, but you're having an impact. So right. The growth programs really showed me, again, what we can do as individuals and what we can do when we work together, because the growth program would not be possible with the help of all of our, again, longtime partners who are values driven and who want to have a positive impact in our communities. I love it. Myra, I'm going to ask you the second part of my question, because Danny just nailed that one. And I was going to, I was going to ask you both the same question, but I, I'm not, I'm going to ask this one of you now, Myra. How has growth changed your life? Because you've been doing it since the get-go. Wow. That, that's, that's a tough one. I, it's changed my life in so many ways. Um, yeah. Again, reading in the, at, at all those letters, seeing what, uh, how the life of so many people have changed. Um, I think it's just awesome. Um, I'm very, very proud of all those kids that made a difference in their life. I'm very proud when they invite me to their graduations. It's like one of my own kids. So yeah. uh, they've made me proud. You know, I'm very, very proud of the GROW program. And I have to say, we do have a different structure, the structure from other, from other, um, uh, uh, programs yeah we are a grower mm -hmm. and we are a distributor we are a marketer so we know we know how the marketing uh department of a retail store might feel but we also know how the growers feel and we're sure. kind of the, we're, we're the the uh, the liaison between the the two so yeah. it's i think it's a, a very important um fact that we are in that situation and we were kind of seeing the two worlds. Sure, well, I love it, great answer, great answer. Thank you for sharing that. I know that was from your heart, I can guarantee you that. So yeah. what's next? Tell me what's next for Organics Alumni. Give me, give me some, drop some news, give me a tidbit, what do we know? What's next? What, what's, next? what's next? Just, we just keep going. We want yeah. again, my motto is dare to be different. I'm urging all those people out there that buy bananas to buy a real organic banana. Sure. You know, when you want a salad, you don't go to McDonald's. If you want a good salad, you're going to go to a salad place. We're here to stay. We want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, we're the only, or no, well, no, no longer the only, but we're one of a few um, family owned um, organic banana growers and distributors. Wow. We'd love to stay here. Help us do that uh, yeah. because the multinationals are here to stay. And to us, we have to be, um, you know, we have to be true to our values. We sure. can't go the route that they're doing it. And, um, and and we need to do something about this. I love it. So I, I love I, it. We're here for the, for the long run. Damn yeah, right. Well, what's, what's next for us is, is continuing to work on our brand. I think there's been a lot of uh, buzz lately around what's going on with bananas, at least in the industry. Um, we've been working together with other um, banana companies and banana growers to, to share, to spread the word. And so for me, my one of my New Year's resolutions is to really continue to spread that message. I think I've really come into my own in these last few years. And I know the values we stand by. And <laughs> I always tell my husband when we're fighting, I'm not going to die on this hill. Well, I'll let you take it. But this is a hill I will die on. You I know, 
I will continue to fight for what's right. And I firmly believe in what we're doing. And I think, you know, if you ask us what's next, we'll be heading to um, DC so that my mom can get her uh, organic pioneer award. And so I that's think right from the OTA in the right direction and something that um, we're really proud of. So just continuing on our mission. I love it. I absolutely love it. Let me ask you this. And, and you know, when, when you were speaking, I could see, you know, Myra in the background, a sense of pride hearing your words. Uh, it wasn't, it was very easy to see on the screen, which, which is a big compliment. But Myra, I'm going to ask this question to you. What inspires you every day to keep, to keep up the fight, to do this? You've been doing it a long time and, and you, you stay in this business long enough. You get a tough skin. There's no two ways about it. But what inspiration is something I believe in that, that we have to, to spread, but what inspires you every day? Well, I have a passion for, for, for what we do, for yeah. growing organic, for, for what we do for our environment and, and, and the people that grow our products. So I, I think it's passion for what I do. That's what inspires me. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I mean, Damn. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, because I haven't been around for so long, but I think, like you said, you need tough skin. And so I think yeah. that was the perfect question for Myra because we run into issues every day. That's just the nature of the produce industry, right? Sure. Um, but she is so resilient and she never gives up. I mean, whenever I start freaking out, I just call her and she's just like, relax. She's passionate about what she does. And, and you can see that every single day when I talk to her. Um, like, it's just like a, a train full speed ahead. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got a question for you too, Danny. It just popped into my mind. I want to throw at you. How is growing up in this business, right? Because you have, you, you, you know, my, my kids did. My kids were with me, you know, growing up in the back of the truck, driving around, learning, you know, kicking clods. How has growing up in this business changed you both as a parent and as a global citizen, do you think? Um, how has it changed me? I mean, growing up in, in this business, I think the produce industry is wonderful. I think it's it's filled with so many families. Um, you go to the trade shows and you're talking to two, three generations. And yeah. it gives you an inside look into what I think is one of the most important parts of our lives, right? We need food to eat, to survive. And, and so coming from this point of view and growing up in it, I've been able to see kind of the backdrop, what goes on behind the scenes, behind the curtain. And mm -hmm. my friends can tell you this because I'm sure they're tired of me ranting about it all the time on Instagram and in person, but you know, it's being able to share with people what growers are up against, everything that grows in, goes into growing a banana, um, just the stories that you don't necessarily see when you go to the grocery store, because at the end of the day, you just need to get what's on your list. And you might not really be aware of the story behind how your food is grown or who grows yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we have to make that investment. You know, the, the, the sun, water, food connects everybody on this planet. And we do need to make an investment in our food. We need to understand where our food comes from. We need to question where our food comes from. We need to question words like it's probably safe. Um, you know, it, it, I don't think when it comes to food, I don't think the word probably is one we should use. I, I just don't believe you can eat a bag of French fries and drink a diet Coke and they cancel each other out. I just don't see that happening. Right. Um, 
So I think it's important that we have these conversations. And I think it's important that folks like yourselves have their brands elevated in these conversations. You know, and, and, I, and, I, and I say this, it, to me, it, the conversation we've had, whether they go buy a, a grow banana or not, the fact that we planted a seed in their mind to make them stop and pause and think differently about their food ultimately wins the day for everybody. Um, you know, yes, I want them to go buy the grow bananas. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, your passion that you've laid out where your heart is at the reason why giving back, going above and beyond fighting a business model that is truly not a sustainably set right now, in my opinion, a business model that is a struggle to try to make ends meet in a lot of ways, but yet still be willing to go the extra step and the extra mile to uplift. It's pretty powerful, ladies. It's pretty damn powerful. I'm very proud of both of you. I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact that you were so open and transparent and shared with us, but we're not done. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not done. We have more, we have more to go. Okay. We have more to go, but I do want to shift gears a little bit and lighten up a little bit because we got, we got heavy. We got deep. We put people back on their heels, hopefully a little bit. Maybe we got some people up on their toes as well. Um, but let's play a little trivia. Let's have a little fun. Let's get people to know you a little bit. I'm going to have, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Danielle knows this coming. She listens to Bryce. You know, here it comes. They're easy ones. I got, and they're banana ones. They're going to be fun. You ready? Here's a good one for you. What sport would you be using a pin grip to hold your sandwich bat? What? What, what sport would you be playing? Exactly. When I read, when I read it, it's like, I got to use it. What sport would you be playing if you, if you used a pin grip to hold your sandwich bat? B-A-T, sandwich bat. Hmm. What sport with a with a pin grip to hold your sandwich bat? I don't even know what a pin grip is. Well, exactly. I didn't either. I don't know. I still don't know what it is. You know what it is? It's ping pong. Sandwich bat. That's what you call a, a, a paddle and ping pong. It's called a sandwich <laughs> bat. Huh? You walk, I hey, I'll tell you. You walk into a bar and drop that, you're going to get a free drink. I guarantee you. <laughs> So That's let me ask you this. Sure. <laughs> I dug deep for that. Do you guys know who David Evans Strickler is? No, no. He's back. He, he was around in 1904 in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. No, no. he is the invent. He is the inventor of the banana split. Ah. He invented the banana split at Tassel's pharmacy and soda fountain in beautiful Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Again, I am a vat of information. I told you I put the tea in Trivial Pursuit. These are good know? ones. These are good ones. I know. We were doing, um, we we offer retailers webinars or, you know, Banana 101s. And I, I like to kick off with banana facts. My there, well, I got, is, I got two more. Know, did you know that bananas are, are not grown on trees? No, they're not. Well, you would know this one because you've been throwing well, out the hard ones. <laughs> You're right. They're growing on a plant. They're growing on herbs. Herb. They're an herb. That's true. Right. Plant. Yeah. Right. Okay. I lose. Herb. All right. I got one. Do you, do you know, do you know how the, the, the Latin scientific name for banana, do you know what that translates to? What it translates to? Mm -hmm. No. What it means? It no. means fruit, fruit of the wise men. How about that? I mean, we've got to change, we got to change that up a little bit, but I'm not well, here's one that you might know, because this is literally in your backyard. Okay. Did you know, did you know, do you know what the Banana Club Museum is? Have the you ever heard of it? Club Museum? Banana Club Museum. Yes, located in beautiful Mecca, California, just south of Palm Springs. It is yep. the world's largest collection of bananas with over 17,000 banana items. 
That is the that is the one I did know, but I've never actually visited. So, I, you know, I don't think that's so bad saying that. I don't think that that's necessarily something I throw the kids in the car and say, "Look where we're going today, kids." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're swinging by and you stop by the Starbucks and saw it, maybe I'd pop in. Maybe I if I think... lived in Palm Springs, but it's a bit of a drive. <laughs> I, I think still I'd go with if I was going to the Starbucks and I happened to see it, even if I lived in Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you all have been so great. I am just so thrilled to have both of you hanging out with me today and sharing from your heart about what you're about and the uplifting message that um, you have to share. And even though we got a little down and dirty talking about some of the, the, the bad parts about this business, there's so much more good in a lot of ways than there is bad. And I think it's important that as we point out some of these issues and we try to find solutions that people recognize that they have a choice every time they walk in to buy something, no matter where they are, no matter what store it is around the globe, whether you're buying lumber or you're buying a banana, but you have a choice and you can make a difference by utilizing that choice to uplift the world. And that's exactly what you guys do. You're an inspiration. Uh, you inspire me. You've uplifted me with our time, getting to know you, knowing you um, through our conversations back and forth, via all the different things we've done. But I mean, just this conversation to see the passion, to be able to sit back, you know, truthfully for me, Dan, to sit back and see your mom's reactions to your words as a parent um, is pretty damn special. And it tells me that the next generation is going to keep kicking ass. And your kids, you know, your kids have a big, they got it. They better figure it out because they got to road the hell after you, believe me, to keep this ball rolling. Um, but it's so inspiring for me to see you. And, you know, and I believe so much in the youth today and trying to empower the youth because they're so much damn smarter than we ever were. You know, and, and I see that in you. And so, you know, thank you for being who you are out there and embracing this with such passion because it's just, it's oozing out of you. And I know that's going to continue to drive your brand forward. So I have just one final question I'm going to throw at both of you and you can fight for it or you can divert. <laughs> you, you can even say, no, you don't want to answer it. But if you could just tell somebody one thing about Organics Unlimited, what would you tell them? Hmm. What is it? Uh, there's so many things to, to tell them about Organics Unlimited. Just one thing. One thing. Um, this is really important you did just one thing <laughs> just I know but you know what you know what I find great about this question and, and, and I'll stop you and I'll answer it for you you can't and that's the beauty of your business model you can't you can't find just one thing to say because you got so much to say thank you thank you for answering that time I really yeah. appreciate that no, and you're welcome. Thank you for empowering us as women. Thank you for uh, letting my daughter show how she feels about me. And I have <laughs> to tell you that I feel so grateful for her to be working here with me. And sharing Absolutely. Um, I think we do need to empower our kids. Um, she's the first one coming in and I have two more. They know they have to work somewhere else before they come into the family business. That's, that's, yeah. that's a must. Uh, but Daniela has been doing such a great job. Um, I'm very, very proud of what she does. She is such an empowered woman and she's learned so much. Yeah. Um, you need to have thick skin for this business. And uh, thank you for, for letting us share this with you, Todd. It's Absolutely. Awesome. You guys have an open invitation. And in fact, when you want to get all of uh, your banana group together and you want to have a chit chat, come on, let's go.
I'll, I'll, we'll talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. I got no issues with it. We've got to keep elevating these conversations. We have, we will never win the day if we don't continue to talk in a mannerism that's respectful and a mannerism that's a difference of opinion, but a mannerism where everybody can be heard. And I think the most important thing is that we need these conversations to be heard, let people decide for themselves and give them the opportunity to realize that they can vote with their dollars, that they can make a difference every day in this planet just by putting a little effort out. And I think that's exactly what you guys exemplify. So I appreciate you guys being here from the bottom of my heart. I really, really do. I think this has been a fantastic, a fantastic conversation. And I'm just, I knew it was going to be good, but it exceeded my expectations. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate yeah. the, the opportunity. It's been great. Um, and, and we'd love to do it again. Yeah. You're hey, you. it's an open uh, invitation. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. I'm always excited when somebody wants to hear me rant all, about all this stuff that I feel passionately about. Um, so, so thank you. And, and thank you for working together with us. I think that that's one of the, the key pieces in this puzzle. You know, there's companies out there who want to do the right thing. And, mm -hmm. and we just want to work together as a community to, to keep furthering the mission of the organic movement. So I love you. it. Absolutely. I'm dropping the Sharpie on that one, kids. Thank you, everybody, for being with us this, this week and hanging out on Todd Conversations and being part of season two. And uh, all we've got going on, we're excited about this broadcast and what you've allowed us to do. And we appreciate the, the global audience that we've been able to create and getting these messages out. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for being a part of it. Don't forget to check out Todd Bits and all the fun and games on social media. That's where the cool kids hang out. That's where we hang out. And uh, a big thanks to my guests, Organics Unlimited. Go check them out, kids. Get online. Go make a difference. Let's go. These girls are making a difference every day, and you can too. Remember, like I say all the time, it's about inspiration. It's not hard to do, right? Just saying hello to somebody is a source of inspiration. Lean into it. We all do it on this planet. We can make things a lot better. I firmly believe that. Thanks for being here. Ladies, thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being a part of this. I will see you soon. Someday, hopefully, we'll get together and give a hug. That'd be nice. That'd be appreciative. You know, absolutely. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.